Welcome to the Landco Podcast, where we aim to bring value to landowners and prospective land buyers through our experiences and network. I'm your host and managing partner of Landco, John O'Reilly. All right, guys, welcome back to the last episode of the year-round whitetail hunter. So if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, we kind of followed along um, with Matt and Ryan January through um, the beginning of the season on what they were doing in preparation for the upcoming season. So now we are here, um, going to just kind of have an informal chat about um, kind of bringing us up to speed on what they did and how it worked and how the season went. That's it. So... I think the last, we got through August, or no, through September, right? I think we got, did we get through September, October? I think you went through October because I was in harvest. I didn't make it. The last one, you guys Okay. Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. So, I don't think we talked about any of the season, did we? That's hunting season. No, I think well, actually when it, we touched on October, I may have been chasing one of those deer, but hadn't caught up with them. Okay. Yet. Well, let's start there. Um, so, October... Ryan, you can start. Um, what what did you do food plots throughout the year that worked in October? And maybe more importantly, how do you approach hunting in October? Because it's probably different than November or December. Yeah, I only hunt usually the first week to 10 days, and it's typically on greens, which is alfalfa or your uh, white-tail clovers or brassicas, things like that. Uh, and then after that, I'm, I'm usually tied up with harvest. So I, I hunted probably about the first 10 days and then did not hunt until right around Halloween. Um, that's about all I got in October. Okay. Any, any movement, any good hunting in yeah. October? I saw a lot of really good, uh, three-year-old deer. Saw one five-year-old deer, um, that ended up disappearing later in the season and he hasn't come back. But, uh, a lot of young bucks, a lot of, you know, good up and comers because in that time they're not pressured. Yeah, they're coming out in the green fields, and you're able to do, you know, identify a lot of them that you've seen on camera. Sure. But I did not shoot anything in October. Though. Right. So, was there uh, was there one the year after, or do you treat that more like a kind of a scouting, keep your distance? And I was not at that point in time. I had not identified uh, anything even on camera that I was going to go after. Okay. So, how about you? Um, October was good. Like Ryan, I mean, I probably hunted the first week to 10 days of October going after one and then I didn't make it back out until, you know, I think the 26th, 27th. It got um, hot too, right? Was October hot? I know those. There was a couple of fronts that, was that some, rolled through. There was some cool, cool times. Okay. You know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking uh, November for, and we'll get to that in a minute for duck season. It got hot. Yeah. But. And I mean, I had one, one buck that I was targeting, um, pretty hard. There was another one that I was hoping would show up that, uh, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of pictures of him, but just hoping he would, you know, make an appearance. I did have an encounter with the one that I was targeting. It came to about 45 yards, but it was just uh, way too thick. Um, if I would have sat the place I was originally thinking up on the field edge, uh, I probably could have got him. But, um, you know, it was a morning hunt. I kind of wanted to be more inside the timber where I thought he'd be, you know, cruising for does. But he was locked on a doe, actually, so couldn't uh, pull him off her and never got a shot opportunity. So the... Uh... Are you on greens as well? I am in, in October. Um, typically, in for most of October, even going into Halloween uh, in early rut, I like to be on on green fields and 
Uh, I feel like that's where the does are, are focusing their attention. Uh, the bucks, especially early October, still seem to be hitting the green fields pretty regularly. Okay, so, so that all worked. All the plots that you did, you know, well, spring through fall, all that green stuff seemed to work pretty good. And you were on, what were you guys planting? They, uh, I planted, had a lot of radishes, turnips that had uh, some brassicas mixed in with it, some rape. Um, i trying to think what else was in those. Didn't you have a, a different mix that you planted? You had one that I, you... Yeah, we work, uh, I've got a buddy who owns Horny Buck Seed Company. Uh, he's got a lot of different mixes that have worked really That's well right. for us over the years. So we, we went with that and the... The greenfields did exactly what they were supposed to, as they do every year. It's more of if you're out there on the right day, I think, right. um, if you can take advantage of opportunities that are given to you. Okay. Um, do you approach, again, I'm, I'm kind of asking this because I remember this being the case when I used to pay more attention to Ryan hunting, but like in October, are you trying, you don't want to pressure anything too much at that point, right? So are you going full bore after deer that you want, or are you kind of like... Usually edging not till, in to make sure you don't screw it up for yeah, when they do. I'm, I'm really not going full bore crazy after a deer really hard until you know after Halloween or right around Halloween's when I get pretty serious okay. about invading the areas I haven't gone into. Yeah, I don't. I won't. There's. I don't know what the number is, but there's a number of stands I don't even hunt until right. the fourth or fifth of November. Right. Okay. Um, and I don't hunt mornings at all in the first part of October. Um, one thing that will trump that though sometimes is the moon and if the moon is right which this year it was the first five four to six days i think of october uh, the moon was good for morning right. hunting and uh, i did not morning hunt though um, i typically won't morning hunt until the end of october that last week around Halloween <clears throat> is when i'll start morning hunting okay um <clears throat> okay so then we're through october to november um and i didn't even like throw a teaser out there that both of these guys shot giant deer, but uh, you shot yours, would you say mid-November? Uh, November 13th. November 13th, you were early December. December, December 3rd. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's roll into November. What changes? I mean, obviously the deer movement changed, but how does your uh, hunting change? And how does, you know, at that point, are they migrating from greens to something else? What happens in November that you guys do differently? One is... You know, I concentrate a lot more on mornings, uh, and I'm also concentrating on more hours in the stand. Where, but I don't know how many times this year I hunted all day. I mean, never. I remember that. I'd go in the morning and not come out until dark. Um, and the deer I shot, I shot at 11:30 in the or 11:30 in the morning. Oh man, I don't think so, I knew that. Crazy. Uh, so that's one thing. The other thing was, you know, this year I noticed the the probably the uh, two and three-year-old bucks were really bumping does around earlier in my experience than, than in the past. I, I don't then remember them. I mean, it was around the 10th or 12th of October. And, you know, October we had two full moons in the same month. Um, and I'm sure that that had something to do with it. But I remember there was a lot of activity in the fields where the bucks were bumping when not full-blown chasing, but right. they were messing with the does. It seemed like early this year for me. And so I would always, in, in November, you know, obviously I, I'll hunt close to bedding areas where the does are because the does were getting harassed so bad that there was a time where I might only see a few does in a day sit. 
Mm. But I see a lot of bucks because right. the bucks were looking for them and the does were sitting so tight Locked to down. cover because they were being harassed so bad that they wouldn't move. Okay. So November, you're on bedding. I'm, that... I'm, in, I'm, I'm in the middle of the timber. I'm going to my, my number one sets. Okay. Similar to you. Right. Exactly. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's unfortunate that I like the rut because you're going to see a lot of activity. But the thing I don't like hunting with the rut is the unpredictability, I think, of it is these deer that you have patterned so well and you kind of know where they're right, going to be right. at at this point in the year. They may not be. They're mm -hmm. most they're, likely. In fact, I'm, I'm sitting in a place where I've seen them before and I check my cameras later. They're on the complete opposite side of the farm. Yeah. Or uh, three miles down the road. Exactly. Yeah. I know of a couple guys that I talk to regularly that, you know, so I want to know, get their opinions on different scenarios yeah. and things like that. And a couple of them told me about deer that they had here and they were three miles down the road. Right. Yeah. That's you crazy. Know, um, and they, you know, would probably make their ways back. I don't know if they ever did or not, but right. it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot, but there's a fair amount of luck involved during the rut. Right place, right time. Absolutely. Yep. So walk us through, uh, when you shot yours, was that, were you hunting? Like, were you after that deer? I was after that deer. I'd seen that deer two weeks prior and had him at between 60 and 70 yards and watched him for probably close to an hour. Okay. Off and on, he'd come back in and I never knew this, but he had to have had a doe in that, in that thicket and he kept coming in and out, in and out. And, uh, I knew he was going to be my target deer then. And okay. So I basically just was going to hunt him the rest of the year and ended up about two weeks after I had seen him, which would have been, you know, right around Halloween. Uh, cause I shot him on the 13th. So it would have been right around oh. Halloween. And I shot him on the 13th morning, well, late morning on the 13th. Okay. So walk us through that hunt. Were you hunting bedding then as well? Uh, transition between bedding, two different bedding areas. And it was in a drainage, um, a big creek bottom basically. And there was bedding on both sides. And I, I slipped in there about an hour before daylight and just saw buck after buck after buck all morning. I'm like, I'm not getting out of here. And I, I had passed a mid, a mid 150s buck um right at first light that i knew yeah and uh and then like always i was about ready to get down and i saw him about 150 yards up that ditch and he was coming my way so i was following a doe just gonna cruise no he was looking for one okay <clears throat> so um i was hoping we'd have their racks here but um, we don't so i'll show some pictures of them on the video but uh walk us through what was he he was an older deer, right? Five yeah, he, he was either five and a half or six and a half. I, I haven't had his uh, teeth uh, aged yet, but uh, he was either five and a half or six and a half. I know that. And he was the mainframe 10 with a, okay. a kicker off of one of the brow tines. And uh, just a great solid deer. Wasn't a super high scoring deer, but he was a good mature deer. Right. Um, he had taped out at like one, 164 and okay. some change, something like that. So. I kind of misjudged him. I thought he was going to go 170. Right. He's got a great frame. Great frame. Yeah. 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 And just his main beams were a little short, but I mean, who's going to complain about a 164? Right. You know? <laughs> For sure. Um, <clears throat> you did not get the deer you're after in November. Is that the same deer you ended up shooting in December? No. Or a different one? Actually, the one that I was going after October um, in through first shotgun season ended up... Uh, 
he got shot probably about 50 yards off our property line oh, by the think. neighbor first day of for shotgun season. Um, and that's fine. The one that I was hoping to see all season long actually started popping up pretty regularly after first shotgun season. Um, and we left that farm. We don't pressure that farm too much. And so to see him show up, I was kind of actually relieved because then I knew I could kind of focus my, yep. my efforts on him for the remainder of the season. So what changes from November to December? Again, in terms of all of it. Food, where you're hunting, how you hunt. Yeah, there was a, you know, at that point, you know, once the rut is kind of goes into a little bit of a, a break, you know, they've been chasing for while I'm breeding. I kind of, you know, focus on what the cameras are doing. I like to see where, you know, the bucks have been moving. I think they like to get back on greens, you know, pretty quick after they've been with does and replenish yep. some, some lost nutrients. They've lost a lot of weight from all the chasing <clears throat> they've done. And we didn't have the weather. No. You know, we didn't have the weather to force them to any grain. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's was, what I was talking about It was about not earlier. super cold. and yeah. uh, Most of November was, <clears throat> I remember for duck season, zero wind, yeah. mid-40s. Yeah, honestly, with the, the weather that we had all season, I didn't hunt grain until towards the last part of the season. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, it. Uh, I ended up shooting mine on December 3rd, and I actually ended up shooting him on a different farm than the buck I'd been chasing forever purely because my number one target had gone nocturnal. His only movement was midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Um, so I just decided to not pressure that farm, leave it alone and go to another one. Uh, ironically enough, the day that I shot my buck, my number one target was walking in the daylight on, no the, on the farm. But, <laughs> it's, uh, but you, you know, knew that deer, the farm that you went to, the deer that you shot, you knew he was there. I did. We'd had pictures of him uh, about a week prior in the daylight and actually the a day or two before we shot him, he was, um, you know, in that area. We knew he was there, uh, cruising around. So I had, I knew I'd have a good chance of seeing him. It was just whether or not he'd be in range. Right. So walk us through the hook, December 2nd, third, third. Yeah. Got out there, um, sat in a blind over a big, big ag field. This is a, a farm that I typically will bow hunt during the rut when I can call them in from a distance during gun season, I sit in the blind overlooking everything. Uh, I'd seen a lot of does, uh, which is pretty typical out there. They were all moving away from where I was at though. And then, uh, I'd say an hour before last light, he popped out 175 yards away maybe. And I thought he was gonna cruise over and go join those does over there, but he went the exact opposite way and moved towards me when we'd been having pictures of him. And, uh, you know, didn't have to, I mean, no calling, just kind of waited patiently for nice. him to, to work his way there slowly. And he gave me a pretty decent. And that was over a grain plot as well? Grain. That grain. was on a, okay. that was on a, uh, a bean field. Okay. Cut bean field or standard? Cut bean field. Um, and typically, I mean, it wasn't super cold. I typically wouldn't hunt that kind of field, but just knowing the, there's no pressure on this farm whatsoever. There is food in there. It's the biggest food source in the area. I knew there were going to be deer in there. Okay. There's, I always see big deer there. It's just uh, a question of um, if they're going to be, you know, in range. Yep. So tell us a little, again, I'll show a picture on the video, but uh, tell us about the deer a little bit. Yeah. Uh, had a couple of years of pictures of him. Um, had an encounter with him last year uh, and just a little bit too far away. Didn't, you know, didn't happen. He, uh, this year was a mainframe seven pointer. 
uh, with some extras. I think as a seven, he taped out right around 150 uh, with his extras. He was, I think, just shy of 160, like 159 and change. So you were after him last year. So he's an older deer, what, six and a half? Uh, with what he has, we I think he's at least five and a half. I was think, leaning more towards six and a half because he was a uh, eight pointer last year, and this year he was just a clean right. seven. Okay. Um, but I mean, he's a very big frame deer. He's got really good mass on him. He's very, uh, I mean, he was about twenty one and change wide. I want to say, uh, great bases, uh, solid deer. I mean, I was, no, I was thrilled to, to see that deer. Yeah. Yeah. I like those older deer with character like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I knew when I had him on camera the day before, we've got camera set to video when I saw him walking around. I mean, he's a he's a bruiser. He's got yeah. a big body on yeah. him. Okay, so you got both your deer. <clears throat> Moving into late December, the remainder of the season in January. Um, I know you guys didn't shoot any more deer, but in general, you both of you liked hunting that time of year, right? Mm -hmm. So what changes? Probably, probably my favorite time of year, to be honest. So what's a lot less guys in the woods and the, the deer, it's, you're not hunting mornings anymore. At least I don't. Yeah. Um, they're bedding closer to your food source. And I saw a lot of deer. I mean, there was times where I saw, I think the most I saw in one sit was 44 or 45 deer. Because um, at this point they're hitting the range because they're, they're coming to. out, you know, especially if you could hunt ahead of a front and then, you know, that's always good and then the front let the front come through and then the next as soon as you get a south wind after that front they oh, will just see. start pouring oh, out yeah. and um, that was my best number hunt you know I didn't I did not see a for me personally I did not see a shooter buck all late season I saw a lot of good deer a lot of great you know three-year-olds and, and yep. some up-and-comers I did not see a good uh, mature deer for whatever reason this year in years past you usually do that, yeah right? that's when you always okay yeah. yeah same story for you yeah i i mean like right i love late season because you see so many deer the one thing i don't like about late season is these deer have been hunted all season long they're Very definitely skittish. a little more skittish than, yeah. than they ever are before in the season i thought you were gonna say it's freezing cold outside oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it was no we never really had <clears throat> those type of temperatures yeah yeah you know i mean i remember one day one morning, you know, during the rut, I think it got down into like the mid twenties. Right. Or low twenties was like the coldest it got during the rut. In late season, I mean it was always highs twenty eight, thirty two. Yep. I think Christmas Eve was about the coldest day that yeah. uh rolled through. I mean it's to us that feels pretty chilly. To those to, to the white tailed deer, that's I think that's what they like. Yeah. You know. I don't think <clears throat> it forces them to move that much. Right. But at that point they're still they're still need to eat. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, my late season, I pro I took every opportunity I could to hunt late season just because my target that I chased all season long, my my big one, uh, was moving daylight pretty regularly. It was just a cat and mouse game. Unfortunately, okay. I mean, I'd I'd get a picture of him pretty regularly in the same spot three days in a row. I'd get out there to hunt the next day, same conditions, and for no reason whatsoever, he's in the field right next to me. Uh, I'd sit, you know, it's just one thing. It's like, you think he's going to go here based on everything. He's somewhere else. And something you talked about with early movement in October with the bucks bumping, I saw more late season, you know, like almost looked like rut activity than I probably ever have before. I saw bucks literally 
I mean, fast as they can, sprinting yeah. after Bro, those I, in the last week and a half of the season. Yeah, which I've not mature deer are the same kind of two and a half. Three I mean, there was I saw a three and a half and a four year, four and a half year old, both of them on the tail of a doe uh, right. in January chasing <clears throat> after, which was pretty wow. pretty <clears throat> crazy. And even my big one, I thought I had him was going to sit in the right spot, and I got pictures of him that day following a doe to a different area, and ended up crazy. You know, wow. kind of threw my plans off for the night. Yep. Yeah, I hadn't. Oh. I ended up the last sit of the season, the last you final sit, him, right? sixty yards. He came <sighs> in with the with his bachelor group, you know, looked down at the field, looked like they were going to make their move, kept going. They took a path that the bucks normally do, where they circle back around and come in, but never, never made it. Didn't happen for you. Did not happen. That's part of it. Um, okay. Well, what do you? Uh, how do you take all this stuff? Happen this season into next season. I mean, is it more of the same, or do you take what you learned about some of these deer? And you've been on the same farms long enough that you kind of probably know it. But yeah, but um, you also you know you're taking the inventory off your cameras. Um, you know, I'm going to run cameras you know through February, so I know when they start shedding. Yeah, so I can start finding horns, and then you know you look at what made it off your cam based on your your cameras and. And you kind of have an idea of what what you're going to have coming next yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I've got some, again, every year I've got stands that need to be right. tweaked. You know, the new ones that I put up for this year, every one of them needs to be tweaked. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and, and maybe moving one 100 yards over here. And I've got one, I only have to move it one tree over. You know, it's just the, the angle is not right to get right. the right shots. <clears throat> well, what about if you're... Um, and I know Fairview is not a new farm for you um, so much anymore, but for a while it was. I mean, so do you take inventory and how the food did and change it for next year? I mean, I know that first – did you guys do beans that first year? We did. Whatever it was, I remember you guys being like, it's not big enough to do beans anymore. Like, you ever take inventory of a new farm and regroup the next year and either change it back to greens or say, right. you know what, we need to plant more food or whatever it is. Right. I know we had that talk about the farm we um, planted and – Knox for those guys. Right. They just didn't have enough food. So is that sort of some of the stuff that goes through your head or you kind of have those dialed in? It does for sure. And I, I still almost think the farms that we've been planting greens pretty regularly, I still think that almost needs to stay consistent because of the deer density out there. I still yeah. worry about planting beans in any of those fields that they, there wouldn't be any food, mm-hmm. right. you know, come late season for them. Yep. Yeah. You know, unless I, we did, you know, fenced them in or I've something still got, like that. I've still got plenty of beans left. I still yeah. have tons of corn left. They, they're not hitting it. So will you scale back next year? Is that just no. because it was kind of warm? Yeah, I think it was just the way the year was, and they're the size. The those grain plots are the <clears> size <throat> that they are because I had to learn to the hard way to make them yes. that size because they would get eaten out mm-hmm. in a normal. Yeah. I guess if we ever have a normal winter, yeah. uh, you know, as far as some snow and some you know cold cold temperatures. Okay, this year okay. it just didn't happen. Yep. Uh, last question, I think. What do you anticipate next year? I mean, I know, well, in both you guys' regions, was that four or five years ago? Got hit fairly hard. With the HD. And yeah. it seems like it's been climbing back. Do you expect next year? I did not. I, I've only heard of one or two guys that ever found a deer. I did not hear of EHD this year. Yeah, I think um, we found one one dead deer uh, on one farm and one on another. Yeah. But, I mean, not mass numbers like so in the past. Are the is the young class, I say young, the the deer that were on the edge of what you guys would call shooters, were they better than they have been in years past? Like, are you excited about next year, or do you think it's going to be 
and more of the same. I think our age classes might be getting a little bit better. Um, and we lost an entire age class of deer oh, the, yeah. the, the last big die off. Um, and I, I've, I'm noticing that, that that age class is starting to come back. Will it ever get back to what it was? More than likely not. Um, but what I saw this year and talking to other guys, I think it's it's going in the right direction. Um, yeah. And we just they just posted the numbers. We had a record bow harvest this year. And I don't remember the exact number. I want to. I don't. I shouldn't even say a number because I don't remember exactly the yeah. number. But I want to say it was close to seventy thousand deer were shot with a bow. Now that's also including the crossbows. Right. Mm -hmm. So you know they're combining that number now. So yep. that's still. I mean that's a that's an unbelievable archery season mm -hmm. for Illinois. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I'm anxious to see with the mild winter that we're having so far. I mean, knock on wood, right. I think that's going to definitely help with, um, you know, the herd health as they go in. One thing that bothers me or concerns me is the lack of moisture. When when we have lack of moisture, the, all the lakes are down. Um, I mean, not just a few inches, they're down yeah. a couple feet. Mm -hmm. um, we need to, and I don't want a wet spring, but we need to get some snow and a little bit of moisture uh, because that, that could turn into yep. a good recipe for HD. Right. Yeah, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, say anything until we kind of see what happens with the rest of this winter and what you right. know summer looks like going into it to know what the right. the herd health is going to be going into this next season. But I like the genetics uh, that are starting to come through on our younger ones, our, our two and three year olds. I saw a lot of stud two three year olds that kind of make you second look at them, thinking like, oh yeah. wow. Yeah. Uh, and I saw a significant amount of those, especially on our Fulton County farms this year. There was right. a lot of really good, um, good ones, and we really didn't hunt uh, the Fairview farm very much this year, just because there were so many young ones. Uh, we just kind of let them get comfortable out right. there, and uh, that has me excited, I guess, for you know this upcoming season. Well, cool. Okay, guys. Well, that wraps it up. That will be the uh, final episode of the 2020 into 21 uh, year-round whitetail hunter. We hope you enjoyed it, and I'm sure we'll come up with another series to uh, throw at you next year. So thanks for listening.